everybody. Hi, welcome back. I'm really excited about this episode because we actually have someone from Trinidad. Um, for you guys who have listened for a while, I live on a little Caribbean island right now called Trinidad. And um, anyways, so I've been living here for a little bit and I feel like this is a really like big full circle moment because it feels like, wow, I've like really settled into this new country um, that I got to experience this um, session and this workshop with our guest who we have today. And we're going to be going over shadow work, integration of shadow work. We're going to be talking about goddess energy and embodying. And um, anyway, so I'm really excited. This was inspired because I actually met so um our our guest i met our guest um when one of my friends was like oh my gosh you would completely vibe with this girl you would love her you have to go um to one of her sessions i went i called angela and said we have to have her on she's amazing um so i'm really excited to introduce hi everyone <laughs> i'm simon nice to be on here yeah i'm really excited as well i'm kind of cracking up trying not to laugh yet <laughs> by how you're explaining this i'm very excited yeah no so um she had led um us with a meditation and and kind of going into this and i i felt that it was really um, kind of a nice format to bring to you guys um, and for Angela to experience for the first time too. So just as an aside, Angela actually hasn't heard any of this. And so I'm really excited for her to be able to kind of experience what I did because this practice was really powerful for me um, and something that I've carried with me since I was in um, the session. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. Okay. So Ah, where do I start? I feel like I wear so many hats. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been on my own personal journey for a long time now. And that journey of kind of, it is self-discovery mostly. Mm -hmm. That took me to uh, yoga training. So I'm a yoga teacher, meditation training, spirituality. I've been seeking and searching for a long time. So I've kind of been through the ringer with meditation, yoga, spirituality, and um, pursuing psychology as well as my career. So I work as a mind-body psychotherapist. So I have that psychotherapy practice, mm -hmm. which even mind-body psychotherapy, it goes by a lot of different names. It's a type of a depth psychotherapy and it has a lot of um, Buddhist and Eastern influence. So it's kind oh, of wow. like a East meets West, which was transformative for me. So in terms of learning it, that alone puts you through it because mm -hmm. we have to, of course, be in therapy ourselves with the digging up in the trenches of our psyches. And so that's been my, my most recent journey. So she's, she's walked the walk here. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, it's not always a walk in the park, but mm -hmm. it is so worth it. And to see your own growth and transformation and just trying to show up as the best version of yourself that yeah, you can, you know? Yeah. So I kind of um, have a very holistic practice. And then my, I don't, okay, I was going to say favorite part, but I like not to have favorites. These are like all my little children. I don't have kids. <laughs> so um, one of my favorite things is then blending all the psychotherapy, the psychology with 
yoga and meditation and everything mm-hmm. into the workshops, which mm-hmm. is what you got to experience. Yeah. So, yeah. So in, in person, she was combining a lot of these different things for what I would consider a, a deeper, um, sinking in of these ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just learning. It was the breath work with it, the, the physicality we um, even drew after like what was coming out from our psyche of, of um, our shadow self. And so it was a very integrative experience. So um, yeah. So Angela, are you ready to dive in? Are you ready to meet your shadow self? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I've met my shadow self several times, but I always find new things. I feel like Yeah, I, would you like to re-meet her? <laughs> yes, I crack her open and 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 like open up that raw, vulnerable energy, do a lot of crying, do a lot of unpacking. Mm-hmm. I make some breakthroughs. I feel on top of it. And then I repeat the cycle. So um, I have, I am excited to learn more. I always think it's, uh, it's the hard work, but it's the, the work well worth it, like you said. So I am excited. I can't wait to jump in. And I will say with this practice, I felt that it was a very like overall positive thing. I know that, um, you know, the idea of shadow work, even when you say that can be a little triggering to people. Um, but this actually isn't just like, Hey, let's look at the, you know, the bad parts of Mm -hmm. ourselves. The whole idea of what, you know, Simone does is like showing that all parts are beautiful. All parts are made of light. Um, and so I feel like it's a very healing experience, not just something of like, let's drudge up these gross parts of ourselves and like have to look at it in the mirror. It's actually a very healing and forgiving practice. So Mm -hmm. let's get into it. Yeah. I was actually, when you said that you've met your shadow before, Angela, I was going to ask you, because for the listeners who similar to what you just said, they might be like, oh no, shadow work, please. (laughs) You like exit out. (laughs) turn off this, yeah. this uh, episode. So I was just kind of curious, um, when you say you've met your shadow, Angela, right now, just if that was another person in the room for you, what's your sense of her? Like what's, and what's your feelings towards her? You know, like, um, we're frenemies. Uh, okay. so I would say she's anxious. Um, she's a teacher. She equal parts like like Kendall was saying it's heavy but it's also Mm -hmm. who I am so it's like it feels familiar and it feels so anytime I've done shadow work in other times it's been a lot of mirror work and for those that don't know that's like looking at yourself in the mirror and healing well there's actually a lot of different ways to do it but the way that I've done it before has been like looking at yourself in the mirror and like talking to who you were as a child and who you would consider as your inner child and, and stuff like that And I think the whole idea of personifying her as somebody outside of yourself is really helpful. And just like in real time while I'm doing this, I'm realizing that it feels kind of friendlier and and more healing to picture us together instead of like Mm -hmm. fighting, Mm -hmm. fighting her. It's like me and her are working, we're working on the same project. So that's kind of how I feel currently. Same project. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's okay. how I'd say I am with her right now. I mean, on, in other times in my life, I might feel less positive about it. Like I might feel like she's the bane of my existence. Um, mm-hmm. But currently my relationship with my shadow is that there's always more, you know, to learn and that I, it, it's painful sometimes to be with her, but that, yeah, that we're a team. Beautiful. And, and I would say even when I was, 
if I had to answer the same question before going in to your practice, it was very much a, um, a side of myself that I needed to shove down. Like mm-hmm. I needed to, like, this was not acceptable or this is not something that I feel like is productive or, um, maybe it's like shame based, like whatever it is something I've internalized and believed like, Hey, I need to either clean this up or you need to go away. And so I felt a bunch of a stuffing more than inviting. Um, it was something that I love Angela, you being like, Oh, she's the teacher and you know, things like that. I feel like I didn't even want her to teach. I was like, you need to be quiet because you have nothing good to say. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and so I silenced a big part. And so that's why I think this was really healing for me, this idea of we are together, not apart. Um, and I'll kind of go into like later kind of some epiphanies that I had after we had done the practice, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really happy you shared, well, both of you all shared your experience about it. And when you said that, Kendall, you know, I felt the sadness that mm-hmm. does come up for a lot of people. Because, and as Angela mentioned, the inner child work, because that's where it goes to. And that's what, you know, you'll probably do on the next podcast if you haven't done already, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of what comes next. And so there's a very tender uh, element to this type of work, because our shadow is often parts of ourselves that have just been so rejected and shoved Mm -hmm. down. And I could feel it in my heart now, you know, when we, when I talk about that. So to settle in, you know, we, let's just, we'll get a little grounding mm. and we are not going in a deep trench dive, right? Because I guess something to remember too is the workshop Kendall did in person was a three hour yeah. <laughs> workshop. <laughs> you guys get the uh, workshop light. <laughs> yes. So we, we're not going all the way down. So just wherever you're listening, we are going just a little bit underneath the surface. So go ahead and just take a deep breath in. And then let that breath out. Whether you're, you know, driving or washing the dishes, whatever you're doing, just try to relax your shoulders a little bit. Just take a couple deep settling breaths. And what we want to do is kind of just invite in uh, an intention of compassion and kindness. So we want to use that as a bit of a cushioning around our hearts because as we have kind of touched on already this is tender work and our shadow is on something that needs to be fixed there's nothing wrong with us that needs to be fixed all we're doing together is healing and growing so take a couple more breaths see if when you breathe in on your next inhale you can breathe in that sense of compassion and kindness And your breath goes into your lungs, but just use your imagination and imagine that breath can just come in and surround your heart and give it some love and some cushioning. And then you breathe out and let that same compassion and kindness surround you. And just one more breath together like that, breathing in and breathing out. Okay. So I'm already like tearing up. (laughs) And that's also part of the 
process, mm -hmm. you know? So if tears come, everybody please allow them because <laughs> that is the processing, the cleansing. So you want to release, okay? You don't want to stifle it down. If you're, somebody's in the room and they want to know what's up, don't even worry about them. This is your <laughs> process, okay? And if the tears need to come, they need to come. So what we're doing today is we're talking about, as Kendall and Angela said, the psyche, uh, goddess energy, embodying that, and the shadow. And my whole, oh my gosh, all my work, <laughs> it does a lot, but it, I find it comes down to one very important kind of foundational ingredient, which is self-discovery. And <clears throat> when we're doing our, when we're trying to grow as people and just be the best version of ourselves that we can be for ourselves and for all the people in our lives, we need to get to know ourselves because we are relational human beings and we have all these people in our life, friends, families, partners, kids, whoever, the shopkeepers <laughs> that we run into. And the common denominator is ourself. And yet that's the human we kind of pay the least attention to. Mm -hmm. So from that aspect, our self-knowledge or self-discovery is very important. But what's coming up a lot recently is the other aspect of self-love because a lot of the new age um, philosophy and things we're seeing on Instagram and everywhere is around love yourself. You need to have self-love. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are feeling left in the dark around that. They're kind of like, oh, okay, love myself. Um, how do I do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I formulated a little equation that was helpful for my own, myself on my own journey and for my clients and all the workshop participants. And that is that self-knowledge plus self-acceptance is equal to self-love. So basically what that tells us is we can't possibly begin to love ourselves if we don't know ourselves. Mm -hmm. So just how we meet friends and get to know them and decide if we want to be their friend, meet partners, we go on dates to get to know people to decide if we want to let them into our lives. We really need to get to know ourselves before even beginning to think about loving ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of my work right now is around self-discovery. And then by discovering all of yourself, our work, this is the hard part, that's the shadow work, is to try to accept what we find there. So there'll be beautiful strengths and not so lovely uh, flaws or weaknesses that we want to grow in those areas. But again, it's not something we want to just throw out the window and fix and change. It's more about a gentle kind of gradual unfolding and growing and adjusting and shifting so that we can accept whatever we find there in ourselves. Mm -hmm. So today, there's so many tools for self-discovery and self-knowledge, but what we're bringing in is just one tool among many, which is the archetypes. So the archetypes come from depth psychology. A lot of people know archetypes from Carl Jung's work. And there's so many different archetypes. So basically what archetypes are, for anybody who's unfamiliar, they are representations of the psyche, basically. That's how it's being used in psychology. So it's like all the philosophers and all the psychologists kind of looked at 
uh, humans over time. And as usual with our intellectual, beautiful, smart brains, we want to try to compartmentalize things so that it just makes more sense. That's what we do with our day-to-day things. Like how we look at something, we say, oh, that's a book. That's a candle. (laughs) These are the beautiful things in front of me right now. Um, That helps us make sense of the world. So these psychologists and philosophers wanted to make sense of humans as if we could ever do that, right? Mm -hmm. But the archetypes are little collections of our psyche to just help us make sense of what we experience as ourselves. So today, in particular, I'm going to draw on six Greek goddess archetypes. Well, they're Greek goddesses. And we're using them today as archetypes because these six help us mostly sum up what we might experience throughout our lifespan. What might be interesting is if you, Angelo, or anyone else listening feels like they, um, that the archetypes I've called out today actually leave out some part of themselves. Um, because of course, each individual will be so multifaceted mm-hmm. that even these six that we're just using as a tool today might not encompass the whole picture of who and, you are. Yeah, I remember you saying like, oh, you might find yourself in all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are just different parts of the multifaceted woman that you are. Um, but just using it as a tool of like what you, what you believe is in yourself and what you might be repelled, like the energy mm-hmm. that might be like, oh, this isn't me. Yeah. Don't stop, you know? Exactly. So when we're going through them, which we're going to do in a minute, that's going to be something very important. If you're listening, if you have a piece of paper, you might want to make a physical note or you might just be able to make a mental note. So it's going to be around the parts that you say, whoa, that is so me. And then the parts where you're like, whoa, that that actually makes me feel really uncomfortable. That is not me at all, right? Those might be what's in the shadow. Mm -hmm. So those are, you want to make notes about each one. And it's to note that they can be present at different parts of our lifespan too. Mm-hmm. So right now, you may feel that you are all. You felt like mm-hmm. you were all, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I was all but one. Yeah. Right. And um, for some people in the workshop, I held it twice so far. Uh, some of them related to just two of them right now. And they definitely come in at different stages of our life. So it's all just, we're just blasting open our awareness. So you want to just create a very open mind right now. And I'm going to just explain very briefly these six Greek goddess archetypes. And you're just going to start to explore what do you resonate with and what do you not. And if you can, we're going to try to extend our awareness to the body too. So you're listening with your ears and it's your mind and your brain that's taking in this information. But see if you could just stretch your awareness into your body to see if anything comes up. You might feel a tightening in your chest or butterflies in your stomach, you know? So try to listen to those somatic embodied cues as well mm-hmm. as we go through. Isn't okay. this great, Anne? Yes. I don't know if this is abnormal, but I feel like I want to take my shirt off. <laughs> I don't know if that like, <laughs> I'm sorry, we can cut that. Um, no, but I leave feel, it in. It's I like feel very like I need, yourself right now. Yes, like I want, I want to be closer, like, I want to be closer. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm so excited. Come I, <laughs> that, yeah, no, I'm, really I'm glad that you're liking it. 
Yeah, I can't wait. Thank you. I'm I'm already blessed by you, and we haven't even gotten into the, um all of the types, so I'm just very thankful. I know. So should we just end the podcast now? We're like, all right. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm blessed. Bye. I have week. my pen and paper. <laughs> I will add this as a visual when we release the pod. But I I have a shout out. Like we'll we'll talk about it later. But I'm I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. 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 Okay. And um yeah, like she said, something that was really helpful for me was uh, you know for you guys listening. I really would even pause if you're in the middle of doing something, pause and be able to sit down and do this. I feel like it goes, it allows it to go so much deeper. Um, if you make notes. So something that I did when she read through each of the different archetypes, I put things that I connected to and things that I was just kind of neutral about like, okay, I'm not that, but I don't have this strong, um, feeling that I'm not, you know, it just feels like, oh, washing over. And then I made notes for each one of the things that were like kind of triggering to me or like, oh, or especially if that, um, the personality type that she was describing really turned me off. Um, so I think it's really helpful since there are multiple archetypes to be able to make notes for yourself, just to actually see the kind of connections for shadow work. So, all right, let's get in. Great. So use each of these two as just a prompt, right? So just as Kendall saying, make your notes. And if other aspects of things come up, go with it. Don't limit yourself to what I'm saying. Really listen to what's coming up in your mind and in your body and listen to yourself. That's this whole work, right? We are diving underneath the surface. So, okay, I'm going to start. So the first um, Greek goddess is Athena. So she's everything to do with civilization. She enjoys her academic and career pursuits. So she is all about the mind, technology, science, practical crafts. She loves the literary arts, education, and intellectual life in all its forms. Athena is like the, the modern woman living in the city. So she, her profession, her career, she's very goal-oriented. Those kind of things are very important to her. So that's Athena. And disclaimer, you know, if there's any Greek people listening to this podcast, I apologize if I botched the um, pronunciation of any of these uh, goddess names, but I think I learned them. Okay, so let's hope. So the next one we have is Aphrodite and she rules love and eros. So she is all aspects of sexuality and also sensuality. So sensuality in the aspect of all the beautiful things, all the scents, all the textures, the, the things we like to adorn ourselves with. So she's the goddess of beauty, the visual arts, painting, sculpture, architecture, poetry, music. Um, she's a bit private in her life. And yeah, she just loves beauty in all forms. So she can be kind of flirtatious, definitely embodies her sexuality and her sensuality. All right, so that's Aphrodite. She loves dance, you know, she's very feminine in that sense. Next, we're going to go on to, hopefully I'm not going too fast. So I'll just take a little pause. Let each one kind of sink in. Suss out your feelings and your thoughts around it. 
All right, the next one we have is Persephone. And she is the goddess of the underworld. So she's all things spiritual in the realm of the departed. So she tends to rule the deeper unconscious mind, the dream world, all things paranormals, psychic phenomena, channeling, occult, esoteric kind of matters. She's very spiritual. She comes up a lot in our life when we've suffered a loss or severe traumas as well. So that's Stephanie, or Stephanie, sorry, the goddess of the underworld. I think anyone who's listening to this probably has a little bit of her in them, but we'll, we'll come back. <laughs> that's true. This would be the audience for that. All right. So... And she's normally one who's a bit less common, but you're right. If listeners, I'm just saying, the woo woo tribe, yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> they all about they all a little mystic. True, true. Okay, so we go on to Artemis. So she's the goddess of nature, and she is more nature in the untamed form. So she's quite wild, and she loves the hunt cycles of nature, animals. Sometimes she likes animals a little bit more than humans. <laughs> so she tends to be a bit more of a loner in that sense, where she kind of prefers her alone time and just being around animals, quiet nature. And she rules over instinctual life, which emphasizes the body rather than the mind. So whereas Athena was more mind and uh, yeah, intellectual pursuits, Artemis uh, is more physical, grounded, embodied, in the earth kind of goddess. Right, so that's all outdoor activities, athletics. Yeah. Okay, so that's Artemis. And we just have two more. So let Artemis sink in a little bit, suss out your thoughts. And we move on to Demeter. She's a goddess of motherhood and everything connected to reproductive functions. So she's all about menstrual cycles, childbearing, even she's sometimes called the lady of plants because she rules the cycles of seeds and fruits and plants. So she has a deep connection to all aspects of growth. And that really comes through with her mothering aspect who emphasizes on growth of children. So she's intimately bound up with nurturing and caring for the growth of the body, caring for all infants, children, and growing creatures. So her energy is very nurturing and caring and um, looking out for the other, especially the young ones. So she's kind of like a mother goddess in that sense, right? Take a pause, take a breath. And finally, we have Hera, Hera, H-E-R-E. She's the queen of heaven or Olympus. And she's concerned with power and rulership. So she's the wife of the god Zeus. So she rules over marriage, partnership. And all public roles where a woman has power, responsibility, or leadership. 
So she's very uh, concerned with the integrity of the family. She oversees aspects of tradition and cohesiveness of the larger community. So she's a bit of the family matriarch. So she's all about that power, rulership. If you see a visual of her, you can feel the strength that she brings to the, to the energy, you know, to the goddess energy. All right, so that's Hera. So she's marriage, partnership, power, leadership. Right, see what comes up there. Okay, so off the bat, Angela, is there any that like stand out to you of like in the first place, something that you connect to like, oh, this is the goddess energy that I feel like I am closest linked to or a few of them? Yes. Okay. So the first things I was thinking were when you started get, getting to Ar Artemis, is that mm -hmm. how you say it? Yeah. I, I wish I was her. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's literally my note. I said, I wish I, I was more. <laughs> I wish, I wish I had her. I'm very in my head. So I did, um, I did relate to Athena and feeling very like of the mind, very career driven, very what's next, very like, I, I'm not very good at sitting in the moment and being in my body. I know it's good for me. So I've been trying to slow down and ground and be outside more and remind myself I don't have to rush and do a lot of things at once uh, but that does not come naturally to me so I would say I, I wish I was more like Artemis I think I'd feel more peace um, but I definitely know that I have more Athena as far as the mother one Demeter I feel like that one is the most innate for me um, since the first time I could open my eyes I've known I wanted to be a mother and that that was part of my life and I played with baby dolls way too long. And um, I was the oldest child on both sides. Uh, so I had a ton of cousins. I was always babysitting. I started babysitting as young as my mom would let me. Um, I've worked with babies since I was 15 in like a church daycare. And then I worked in another daycare. And then I've just constantly been around babies uh, my whole life. And I've always felt very hormonal and in touch with my menses even before I knew what that meant and mm -hmm. further along as I've gotten into my fertility journey and then actually having a child it's become like very apparent in my life stage right now since I'm raising young kids uh, so she's somebody that I feel like I've always had in me and always been around now Hera I feel like I'm currently in mm -hmm. so I feel like I really connect with her. Oh, and Persephone. Honestly, everybody, yeah, I'm, no, cool. <laughs> I'm cool with everyone except Aphrodite. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if she's for me. Like, mm -hmm. I, I definitely love the beauty of life and the poetry and the sensuality of like textures and stuff, but I'm not like a, overtly sexual and I'm definitely not private. So those two things I was like, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, and I would never consider myself flirty. So maybe I am rubbed the wrong way by her. I don't know why. Cause I'm like looking at her as far as the characterization and I'm like, she sounds great. Like sounds very, I like this like idea of like somebody so sensual and so in touch with, with that like erotic energy, but I just, I don't identify with it off the bat, but that's just, that's just a little bit of what came up for me. Ken, did you say you uh, related to all of them? Well, I related to different parts. Like it wasn't like, oh, you know, 
I am fully embodied of all these different women, but I'm dying though. And this makes so much sense, like over and over. It's, I feel Angela and I are very like yin yang energy. The one that I connected the least to was Demeter. And what I connected the most to was Aphrodite. (laughs) That's perfect. And my biggest block, my biggest block was Demeter. Like that was the one that was like, oh, like really like pushed against me where I was like, okay, I think I have some shadow here. And the one that it's funny though, because I, I feel like Aphrodite, I'm like fully Aphrodite, but also have such a block with embodying that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I am fully like every line is like, yes but the block that kept coming up like when she's saying like oh feel it in your body or whatever it was just like gut like like shame Mm -hmm. um so it's interesting because I'm like I actually do know that I'm fully her but it's this shame of like um I put this is where shadow and self-judgment can come up um believing that these like natural gifts I have can be superficial or um, can be seen as easy to get out of control. Um, and so things like, you know, even right now, like when we're recording the podcast, it's like, I love like a sensual space. Like I love candles going. I love scents to be beautiful. I, you know, I want to have a comfortable space. I do feel sexual. I do feel flirty. I do feel, um, I just, I like things to be enticing in general. And that's something that I do have a block about and like kind of want to like do like brush under the rug because I'm like, oh, this is going to be seen as superficial or not productive. Um, and so, yeah, so that was a block that um, came up for me. And it was interesting because with Demeter, I, I felt it's, motherhood in general, like uh, even as a mother, motherhood is something that carries like a heaviness to me. And, um, it makes me, there's this shadow and I think it's a little bit of conditioning of what I've seen, but that maybe to be fully something that maybe I internalized, whether it's true or not, but what I internalized from growing up is to be fully mother is a bit weak. Um, and that you have to be stronger. Like you have to be mother and, um, you can't just be mother. And so to me, there was this block coming up of like, um, oh, you need to be, you need to be Demeter and you better be Hera or you also better be Aphrodite. Like you can't just be this like mother goddess or you're weak. And maybe that is like, social conditioning or like where we're at or what I believe sometimes can be like a toxic, like femininity or, a um, a toxic, not femininity. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, a feminist, like the toxic feminist, mm. like raw, raw, you need to be powerful. And that I think that's something that I'm having to learn through motherhood, being an, a new mother is like, wow, there is power in this. This isn't a weakness. Um, but that was a big thing that like, came up to me. It was like, 
you know? And so, um, Ken, I feel the like complete opposite. Like the second I became a mom and then as I progress, like, I feel like I've unlocked new power. I've like never felt more confident. I'm like, yep, this is her. I've always known her. And here she is. Like, I feel I can do all the other, I can like, I can shadow in to all of the other goddesses because I have her as a base. That's how I feel. Wow. See, for me, I feel like my strong suit has always been like more of the hero, right? Like the leading the like I've, I have felt, um, powerful in my leading and my connecting and my bringing together in my like career in the things that I'm building. Like I felt very powerful in that, and that was my base. And so then when I became a mother, I felt like my strengths were weakened because I was like, I can't do all this to the level that I want to. And also mother, Mm. even if being a mother is such a higher priority than those things, that's where I felt like I got my power. I don't feel that I get my power from motherhood. I feel like I'm surrendering my power. I also want to be clear, like we're in the, we're in the thick of the, or at least this is how I feel. Kendall and I have very young children. I'm sure the listeners know that. Um, Levi's eight months, seven months. Yeah. Seven months. And then my guy is not even two. So I think this is like maybe later on. Yes. (laughs) I, I I don't know. You know, I've never had a kid older than two. This he's my only kid. I want to have more kids, but I just feel deeply that I'm in the hardest part where he needs, you know, he needs so much from me and he's not able to do things on his own and even more for Levi. And so I just can so easily see this as a temporary um, surrender in that way. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I see the end. Like, I don't look at this as like, this is the rest of my life feeling so weakened by this role. I'm feeling like right now it does feel kind of hard to do a lot of things at once because he's requiring so much of my energy, but that will, for me, it feels so, I'm so confident that that will not always be the case. So I, I don't know, maybe it's just like right now it feels so heightened for us too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was going to say too, around the mother, all of this is just uh, overarching energies, you know? So there might be listeners who don't have kids, but do still identify with Demeter mm-hmm. because as it, it's just, as you said, Angela, this has been instinctual for you since you were born. So you didn't yes. have kids then. <laughs> yes. And also, you, I, yes, sorry, I hate to interrupt, but I just wanted to say that I really identified with like the growth like fruits mm-hmm. and plants and the growth. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is something Kendall and I have talked about. I love to grow things, businesses, ideas. I like to right. I like exactly. to nurture them. I like to mother them. I like to see them grow. And then I like to move on to the next thing that needs mothering. And I do mm-hmm. that with the way that I like I am in business. And originally I was like, oh, that must mean that I'm Athena. But I'm like, no, that's coming from my Demeter. Right. That's beautiful, that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are all just energies that we can feel at any point in our lives. They don't have to be hard. We're not trying to put ourselves in boxes. We are actually trying to open Mm. those boxes using these as prompts to push us. So I love that you just made the connection exactly between your business and mothering. So Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. And it can happen. Yeah, we might be mothering ourselves. And as we go into the shadow kind of comment aspect of all of this too the inner child work comes where we have to start reparenting ourselves 
And that type of work in psychotherapy, we're never trying to blame our parents or our caregivers, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone did the best that they could. The moms now, new moms, everybody's doing best that the, the best that they can. And I remember, well, in um, the the school of thought that I, my psychotherapy comes from, there's psychologists who talk about the good enough mother mm-hmm. and that can extend to actual parenting and also just to everything we do in life. There needs to be a good enough standard. And then we call that George, as we say. Is that like a trainee? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just learned that. Oh. Where I was in the car the other day and she was like, yeah, we'll just call it George. And she was like, I wonder why it isn't like Frank. And I'm like, I have not a clue what you're talking about. And she's right. like, no. So I think that that's their way of saying like, and we're good. Like, yes. we'll call it good. Yes. You call it quits. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Call it George. Right. So we call that George when, um, yeah, when we are doing things just good enough. So what, with what everybody, you know, Angela, what you've sort of started digging up now, the listeners, what y'all are digging up now from all of this, you started to you can use what you found, what you relate to. You can start to see some of the strengths that are in there. And what you want to look at, what you all were touching on and, and what came up for you is, yes, where did some of the now the discomforts come from? So you might not do it right now. We're not going to do it right now. But if you're listening now, you might really try to push yourself to do some reflection afterwards to say, oh, okay, Aphrodite, yeah, that level of, oh, to embody sexuality, that's not comfortable for me. So what you want to do is probe very gently. My, my approach to all things is gentle. I don't like to force and crack things open. Maybe some people like that approach, but I would go very gently and say, okay, what's uncomfortable about that? And where did that come from? Mm-hmm. For some people, honestly, that might feel very unsafe if there's been trauma in their life or someone close to them. And we know that there's a lot of that as hot topic in the world right now and a very tender topic too. So, or it might just come from social conditioning. So it's in your upbringing. How, how did your parents maybe tell you to dress your body, you know, where they like, cover up all the time, hide your body. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder if this is TMI. Um, from my own experience with, with body shame, I, I kind of have, this is TMI. I kind of, no, all, right, all, right, all right, guys, I'm bearing my soul or my body. So I kind of have a big butt, right? <laughs> and, you know, with, you're, I'm just trying to wear normal things like leggings to go to yoga yeah. that we all wear. And it, it looks more provocative than someone else, you oh, know, who doesn't yeah. have such a big butt. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's I very go, big chested. So I go, she right. has the same I, thing. Yes. Okay. I, she's I like, def- somehow yeah. I make a polo sexual. Like, you know, like yes, she's yes, like, yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we might be taught that that's inappropriate and now in my life, I'm kind of like, uh, okay, but this is my body. So right. if I keep, uh, I don't, I'm quite conservative. So I don't want to be in pom-pom shorts <laughs> outside going to the grocery. That's just not me. But also I don't want to have to cover and hide because that is. Because that's who you naturally are. Yeah, yeah. this is just me. Mm-hmm. So that's just mm-hmm. about a little bit about how 
it, it's going to be so different for each person. Mm-hmm. It might be the whole social conditioning in your culture, in your community based around each one of these archetypes, not just the Aphrodite, but that's a very strong one for a lot of people. A lot of people and communities and the collective consciousness have judgment around that. Or it might be your very individual experience. So um, your parents, your caregivers, your siblings, even things that happen to you on the playground that, um, like the example I gave you all in the workshop, um, I don't know if I remember the exact one, but you might be on the playground at six years old. And okay, I'll use a new example. Say you crack a joke and you think it's hilarious, but the kids there, instead they make fun of you. So suddenly you're feeling all these horrible feelings because you're so embarrassed, you're rejected on the playground at six years old, that you now cast humor being funny into the shadow. You say, Mm. oh, I never want to feel this awful again. It's clearly not acceptable for me to be funny. And this is a silly example. I think funny is usually okay. But that's how it can happen from as early ages. We push all that into the shadow. We say, that's not safe. It's not acceptable. It's definitely not lovable. So I'm just going to shove it there in the shadow. Mm -hmm. So what we do in this type of work is we're bringing what's in the shadow back into the light to kind of welcome parts of ourselves home. Because Mm -hmm. that's the kind of the shunning that we said at the beginning that can feel quite sad. It's the parts of us that we ourselves have started to bully and reject. Mm. And that ends up fragmenting ourselves. So this whole, the whole of shadow work and self-discovery is about becoming whole again. And then you get to look at the whole of yourself, regardless of what it is, the good parts, not so good parts. And you get to just accept that person you're, that's in front of you in the mirror And when you get to accept that person is when you actually move towards not just a fake forced sense of self-love, but an unconditional sense of self-love because it's just like the little sibling or the kid that ruins your favorite white shirt, Mm -hmm. but you love them anyways. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the work that we're trying to do here. Yeah, I am. I thought what was so beautiful is so after we kind of you know went through the different people that um we connect with or don't and I have so much more to say on that but (laughs) I'm I'm not gonna make it the Kindle show um but uh we did she asked us to kind of imagine um like in the mind's eye what does this you know, when you accept kind of the shadow side, right? What does that look like? And something that came to me was this, the picture of someone sitting inside of someone like this, like person, like almost curled up in, you know, like let's say myself and then the shadow side, like living inside, but being in this tender child and it like through talking through the shadow and her saying like we need to tenderly bring this back to light made me feel like wow if these different parts of me that I that I 
I put down and I'm like, oh, well, I really love poetry and dance and beautiful things and whatever, but I feel that someone is going to think I'm superficial. Like if I had a child who was like, I want to sing and dance and write poetry and like make beautiful things. And I was like, okay, you're superficial. Be quiet. Like I would never do that. You know, like I would be like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Like that you made this or like, you're so good at doing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes the, the shadow self is like these things that we shove down and when we shove them down, they get stagnant and that's when they become these unhealthy ways that we deal with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we were like, okay, this is fine. It's in the light and we nurture it and protect it like a child. Like we have to protect our own giftings and our own things that we're drawn to. Um, like we would if like I would do anything to protect Levi from squashing his own gifts because he was embarrassed or shameful or like whatever. Like I would, so I would go onto the playground, you know, I'd be like, who said it? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) who didn't laugh at his joke? And so, and so I felt like, wow, I need to do this to myself. Like to these parts that I'm like, someone has laughed at or someone has said something about or something and I've like shoved down. It's like, I need to be my own parent on the playground being like, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? And, um, so anyway, that was a really healing and beautiful thing to me. Um, the thing is too, sorry, Angela, you want to say something? Oh no, go for it. Go for it. I can say after. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say too, when things are in the shadow, not ever looked at, they can, they take on a mind of their own. And that's often, as you said, um, that's the stuff that comes out accidentally. Yeah. So oftentimes the kind of flaws uh, that we, I don't like to say don't like, cause we're trying to move towards loving and acceptance, but the kind of flaws in our behavior that we see automatic patterns of reaction if they tend to be a little bit more on the negative side, often they're coming from the unlooked at parts of our shadow because they need expression somehow. So we're not allowing them expression, but they exist. And sometimes they burst out when we least expect it in, mm-hmm. in um, negative or harmful yeah. ways, you know? So, and this is why I think that this work is so productive because we want to be like, Oh, I don't want to do this work like whatever, but it's, If we can actually do the work, we can allow the ways that it comes out to be more holistic and like loving and whatever versus we're in the moment in a spot with a lover and something just comes out and it's like ruins the relationship because there is this shadow self that we just would not look at, kept shutting down, you know? Mm -hmm, Exactly. But what were you going to say, Angela? I was going to say, well, something first comes up about like it humanizes the experience, right? Mm, like saying, mm-hmm. um, saying that if you have an outburst, instead of feeling like, gosh, I was so stupid to say that. Why did that come out? And feeling like uh, you should just control it more. Just feel like, 
that's trying to teach me something. What, mm-hmm. what is that trying to teach me? I can learn from that. I don't have to be embarrassed. And of course, this doesn't mean that you don't need to take responsibility. And you just lash out at everyone around you and you think that that's okay behavior. We all understand that we're going to try to work on things that we consider, like you said, like a flaw or something that we consider, oh, that, that kind of came out of me without my permission. Um, mm-hmm. So those yeah. things we, like Kendall was saying, if we can talk to them, it, those when we have those and have that awareness, we were like, oh, I, I didn't even know I was feeling like that about that. Um, to not have judgment about when that, those things come up. It's hard to do, but once it, once it starts, it can be so healing. And I was thinking about this commercial I had seen a long time ago where, um, and I never forgot it, and I talk about it often, not on here yet, but uh, it was two women, it, in the commercial, it was two women that had to read to their best friend what they've said about their own body. And they wrote a letter, basically things that they've said about their body before, and they had to read it to their friend as if they were saying it to their friend. And so many of them couldn't do it. And they were like, Mm -hmm. you're, you're fat and you're ugly. And like, you're, you're stupid. And the way you look is bad. That makes me want to throw up. I like, I get choked up every time I think about it. Cause I I, like could cry again. It's like, you would never talk to your friend like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I just think about it often because it helps me remember that I am my own friend. And I know I started the podcast saying that, but I just always need that reminder because it feels sometimes like it can get very like vicious and mm-hmm. it's, it, it's hard. It's, you know, it's constant work. And I, I think we've all made a lot of progress and I don't think we have enough time to get into the Persephone, which is funny because I think that that is like the most, um, like you had said, like in this specific listener group, I think we are more comfortable than with Persephone than most. So I was going to say like the, the spiritual deep unconscious unlocking and all of that, just because I love to do it and I feel comfortable doing it doesn't mean it's not hard for every single person and that it's right it's still going to be a journey and still always going to have things unpack and unload and stuff, even though me and my trauma are BFF and I, I talk about her publicly often. Um, and that's a way of healing for me, but I don't need to get into all of that. But I was just saying, I was just thinking like, yeah, I, I think caring for yourself and the, the things that rub you the wrong way. And then the things that you feel like you want to work on and all of our inner work and our inner child and how crucial it always comes back to being loving to her. And I love that visual you gave Ken of like calling her out of her hiding place and being like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so nurturing. And I think like something too, that is helpful is like celebrating when you've been able to bring some of this to the light. Um, like something that really stuck out to me about Persephone when you're saying this, and Angela, you will know this, is that um, even in the workshop I was saying, that is a part of me that I have hid. Um, this like being drawn to this like deep underworld, like being really deep and complex and like thinking about these mystical things and like wanna, you know, Mm-hmm. And that's something that I would hide in normal social situations. Cause I'm like, Oh gosh, this is going to be too much for people. And, um, something that, that was such a huge block for me that, um, when we started this podcast, remember, like, I was like, I, I was so scared to get on mic for the first time for our season. Cause we were going straight into, you know, talking about intuitive guides. And I was like, Oh gosh, this is just going to be too much. Like, are people going to like, think differently or think that I'm like, 
you know, just, it was just, I had all these Ken things was I was scared about. Ken was I was paralyzed. paralyzed. Absolutely but paralyzed. remember but then, we did yeah. the podcast because mm-hmm. I was like, this is me actively fighting against my blocks. These are like, mm-hmm. this is me actively yes. using my voice when I was so scared. And now I'm over here like, anyway, so let's talk about freaking past lives. Like, let's get on mic. Like, I'm so not scared anymore. And I, every time we put out a podcast, I'm like, anyway, new podcast up, you know, whatever. And that's I, huge. That's it. You're, right. You're right. And about so I'm celebrating. Yes. So now with Persephone, I'm like, I don't have this block anymore with her where if we had read this even a year and a half, two years ago, I would have been like, oh gosh, like I want to be her, but you know, and okay. now it's like, oh yeah. So I think that's cool. I think that's really cool. I was going to want to talk to you more about that. I knew, I know we're, we can get to going. So I, I, with, there's so much to say, um, but that, that really, I love that you said that celebrating when you are able to accept parts of yourself that, you know, you weren't Mm -hmm. before. I think that that's, but it's so interesting when you're saying like, when we have to like gently bring it to the light, cause there's absolutely nothing wrong with that part of me, even though I would like has shoved it down because I'd been maybe told like, okay, airy fairy or like yeah. whatever, you know, these mm-hmm. like terms that people would like tell me was like, okay, be quiet, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, or like, why do you have to make this so deep? Like, mm-hmm. and so, um, I kind of shut that down. And so getting on the mic was like going against this upbringing that I had had, you know? And so I think that, to, to bring it gently. It's like, Oh, right. There's nothing wrong with this part of me. Like how beautiful. And like that it's like, we're, I'm sitting on my living room floor with my new friend in Trinidad purely because I accepted that part of myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so I just think that that's really beautiful. And I mean, Angela, I know you've always embodied her and embodied her boldly. So Mm -hmm. I'm, you have really helped me come into like stepping into accepting her too. But I just think it's, it's really cool. And, and that's, to me, kind of a beautiful example of how we can bring the shadow to the light and it be a really positive mm-hmm. experience, you a know? Growth moment. Mm-hmm. And those are the moments, no matter how big or small, that we have to celebrate, you know? Yeah. We have to celebrate our growth. No one else is going to celebrate it for us, you know? Only we can really have an idea of that. And it is really worth celebrating to Absolutely. see these changes that make you feel more comfortable in your skin and all of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's crucial. And since I knew that we would just be, um, you know, skimming the surface of this topic here, I do for the, the visualization and the picture. Well, for me, I remember you mentioned that and mine was the night sky. Mm-hmm. So at that point, <laughs> it changed. So it was like the stars and the darkness of the sky that is crucial because you can't see the stars without the darkness. So that was kind of my visual that really helped me Mm -hmm. with this whole process. At that time, it changed into a garden, which um, Kendall actually helped me see is maybe demonstrative of where I am now, which does feel a little bit closer to the ground, that kind of thing. Anyway, so you might want to kind of think of what your visual would be. Something that represents good, bad, beautiful, ugly, all parts, you know, because if you think of a garden, there's worms, there's dirt, there's all sorts of stuff, but they're all necessary. They're all part of the ecosystem 
for the flowers yeah so yeah for the beautiful things you have to have those other things that we may not like some people like worms my niece really likes bugs but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um so what I, I i dug up a self-acceptance meditation that i did record at oh, some yeah, point yeah. so that i i offer free meditations uh through my instagram so I dug that up and I will put it on there. So by the time the listeners have this, they'll be able to go and dig through and find that so they can do a bit of the visualization and then the acceptance part. So you've listened to this, you've really got to lay out elements of yourself. Next step is acceptance. So that meditation helps you do it, but you may have your own ways, you know, and you just want to start doing that. Look at all of yourself and see if you could start to move towards acceptance, it may be difficult at first and that's okay too. So baby steps and, and you kind of gauge your process and go take it step by step. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so speaking of, will you let them know now that you've like absolutely blessed us all <laughs> with this? No, truly. I mean, Angela, I'm, I'm sure for you too, but um, being and getting this even a second time, it's just like for whoever's listening, like you could probably listen to this podcast over and over and over and something else would come up because even just hearing it again, I'm like, Oh my gosh, new stuff is coming up. And so, um, but if they want to kind of go in deeper with you and your practice and, and understand where can they find you and and what other resources do you have to offer? Sure. Um, so on Instagram, I have my handle as Simone, my first name, S-I-M-O-N-E. And and we'll put it in the show notes. So you can just, <laughs> you can click on there too. Perfect. But. Yeah. There's two underscores in there, which could be a little tricky, but they didn't, I guess there's some of the Simone de Costa out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my last name de Costa, but um, Kendall will put it in the show notes for you. So if you go onto Instagram, um, my bio is pretty comprehensive. There's a couple links in there. So there's free meditations. Uh, I try to do more online workshops so that it can be more accessible to people across the globe. So there's definitely, I have one in mind, which is kind of a deep dive, Mm -hmm. which I haven't offered yet, but it's all the, is I kind of subtracted the main work, the points of work that happen in psychotherapy and kind of try to consolidate that into a course so that might be upcoming soon so inner child work Mm -hmm. shadow work all of that um and then i also have a book which is a a book of journal prompts and guided meditation so even though it's a physical book it's on amazon called unfolding journal uh in the book has links to audio recordings of meditations so that book is a self-discovery journal and what it has is its prompts for your mind body heart and soul and um, some gorgeous graphics and poetry in between and I think it's a nice start it could be for anywhere on your journey if you're now beginning you can just open a page and see what prompt and you get to sit down and just start there. Mm-hmm. And if you're deep in this journey, as I'm sure a lot of the listeners are too, it might be interesting to explore it from that vantage point and see what comes up with those prompts and meditations. So that's on Amazon and same thing. You can get it through the link in my bio. Wonderful. Yeah. And so um, the workshop that I went to, she was actually in tandem uh, recording for, oh, yeah. uh, for an online. So if that's something that interests you, you know, where she was saying like, Oh, you know, 
I was in there for three hours. Like if that's something that you want to deep dive more with her, she does offer those um, as well. If you like what you tasted tonight, you know? So um, anyway, but thank you so much for being on. I seriously... I could do this every day because it just feels so good. Yeah, my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it was a true delight. Thank you. The listeners are going to definitely take away with something I did. I, my mind is reeling. I'm buzzing. I, I, <laughs> I'm on cloud nine. Um, so thank you. Thank you for your knowledge and just your kind guiding presence. And uh, listeners, we will see you next week. See you later. Goodbye. I hope you had fun today. Thank you so much for listening. We're manifesting that this becomes something. So if you enjoyed this, help a sister out and give us a rating or tell your best friend so we can connect more people like you. Talk to us anytime. Easiest to reach us is on our Instagram. Kindle is at Kindle Hannah with no H at the end. And I am at Angela underscore party. Also, we wanted to give a quick shout out to Nicole Spolerich, our magical audio editor, and Scott Hoying from Pentatonics for the sparkly intro. You two make us sound like we're not just two girls sitting on the living room floor with a mic, so we love you for it. Anyway, we love all of you guys. See you next Wednesday, and stay woo-woo.